You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. We are doing a test because it's been so test, long since we've test. done this. So we just want to make sure that everything's working. Oh you my know? god, I don't even know if I'm still queer anymore. No. Uh, uh, not after the wedding. No, now I'm a married man. You got blessed by Jesus. Yeah. And it changed everything. It changed everything. At the last minute, he came through. <laughs> he always comes prayers through. were answered. You know what? I was going to make a joke at, during my speech, but I didn't. What? Because you had that massive thunderstorm outside during yeah. your wedding. I was about mm-hmm. to be like, well... <laughs> I really pissed Jesus off. I just gotta oh, say. Oh, I wish you had. No, because Samantha's family was there, and I don't know how they yeah, That's why that's I didn't true. do it. Half of the place would have cracked up, and half the place would have been like, that's not very tasteful. Yeah, and then I I got, I got, landed a few good jokes in your thing. So. You did. You did. He did He did a good job on his speech. So, and, and believe it or not, people, Paul showed up to the wedding, and he showed up in his proper outfit, even though he had the wrong day. For the wedding. <laughs> um. I 100% <laughs> thought the wedding was on Saturday. Mm-mm. But guess what? It was on Friday. I thought we were getting together on Friday to take pictures and look cute and make sure everything was together. Uh-huh. And then we were going to go back to the wedding on Saturday. Yeah. And then, like, what was it? That morning you realized? Or, or was it the rehearsal no, I did. on Thursday? It was at the rehearsal and Katie's like, And I was talking to Katie <laughs> about coming back tomorrow. And she's like, no, the wedding's today. And I was like, what are you talking about? Clearly it's tomorrow. Everyone knows it's Is that tomorrow. why David was so late? Well, he wasn't that late, but he was like... No, he was late because he couldn't get his shit together, and he was trying to order a lift, and no lift was coming to pick him up. Okay. And he probably was running behind. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, that's (laughs) technical. But, yeah, yeah, so Paul thought he had the wrong date down, but he he was there, so... I always come through. He always comes through. Jesus guides me, (laughs) and he protects me. That's right. That's right. He's looking out for him, so... Uh, it was a beautiful day, even though it rained. We got some really cool rain shots, and it was not just rain. It was like thunder. I'm pretty sure there was a hurricane. Uh, Jesus was fucking. Pissed. He was really mad. He was like, "I cannot believe these queers are going to go ahead and get me." And you like did the this. Celtic hand binding thing, like the, you were... with a rainbow band. <laughs> yeah. I had a big trans flag at the reception. You just you were ticking off I all was, the boxes. I was like, "Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you!" One more box checked off, it probably would have been the next Sodom and Gomorrah. Probably would have. It was coming. It was coming down hard, but you know what? We still got cute pictures, so another fuck you. No, you got a lot of really good pictures. We that did. that umbrella cool, one in the yeah. rain. 
Did you see the one? The puddle? There's, there's the puddle. That's what I'm saying. The puddle one. was cool. So yeah. By the way, we have to share those on Twitter because I promise people. Yeah. No, I don't care. Uh, oh, I just I guess I'll I don't have like the album you. or anything. Yeah. Fine. I want all the pictures with me in it. I only saw like two so far. Okay, I can just share the album with you yes. because we own those pictures and we just print them off. That's what they do now. Used to be that the photographer would like send you all your physical pictures, but now you just pay to own your pictures and then you are responsible for printing them off. So <laughs> they get you somehow. They do. They get like, you somehow. I'm gonna do less work. <laughs> but you're gonna have to pay me more because you own the rights to these well, images. I guess in the past they would just send it out to someone else. I don't know. My my sister when she got married, which is like well, I don't know. Uh, like maybe eight years ago. I don't know how long ago you got married, Dee, but it was a while back. And she got this whole, like, fucking book that was, like, it, it was really cool, but, like, you don't get that shit anymore. No, that's like, too much you know. work. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody's trying to do that. No. Nobody wants them anyways. Everybody just wants to put them on Facebook. That's true, yeah. You just want to put them on social media, have I'll a couple for the house. I would be pissed as fuck if I didn't get digital copies and they just sent me a book <laughs> with pictures. I'd be like, well, great, now I have to scan Sitting all of these. With your phone taking pictures. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so pissed. great. Okay, now we're lot. really loud. What what happened? This mic has no bit. chill. It, it goes from like super quiet to super loud. And we talk the same volume. I we feel do. like, <laughs> I except guess. for when you yell. But like, you yell too. I don't yell. Whatever. I just raise my voice a little bit, mm-hmm. slightly, slightly, a slight raise. Like not even a half a decibel. <laughs> I think that's what those are. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. All right. I guess we should do this. Yeah, we should do this. Let's do this thing. And we are talking about a... <laughs> well, first of all, I'm Evan Jones. And I'm your Paul host. Hobbs. That's Mr. Evan Jones to you. Mr. Evans Bailey Jones. Mr. Evan Bailey Jones. Um, What's it, Samantha? Is she Jones now? She, she will be changing her name, but she's going to take her time doing that. So, I mean, it was obviously that was totally up to her, but she did want to change her name eventually. There's not a rush. Okay, so. that's cool. But yeah, she will be Samantha Jones at some point in her life. Um, yeah, so we're your host on your queer story today. We're going to be covering Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Buddha Judge. Buddha Judge. It's Buttigieg. Buddha Judge. Buttigieg. It's either Buddha Judge or Boot Edge Edge. That's <laughs> no, no. Boot Edge Edge is Twitter trying to help people know how to say no. his name. It's Buddha Judge. They literally put in their. Profile. I have listened to so much where it's. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. It's like jizz Same thing. on the end. You know Whatever. what? At least we're not calling him butt chug. <laughs> like that <laughs> like homophobic. Oh, but that one guy that, yeah. Yeah, he said so, Pete butt chug. Well, then, to be fair, weeks and weeks ago when we first heard about Buttigieg, we did call him butt something. It was buttchidge or well, Whatever. that was actually trying to say his name. That was us trying to, That's yeah. Not, but that it wasn't like the guy that was like, yeah, Peter Buttfucker, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say wrong, huh? I'm not a homophobe. No, I, <laughs> I would make that joke about anybody. <laughs> it is Nancy Vagina. <laughs> I don't know. Who is also AKA Nancy. No, I don't know. Okay. That's just what he would call someone. Nancy, Nancy Vagina. Something, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah. What was I going with that? So we're covering uh, Pete Buttigieg or Boot Edge or Buddha Judge. Something like that, yeah. You know, it's Buddha something. Buddha Buddha. Um, and so, yeah, the first openly gay viable candidate for president. Um, but before we get into that, we got to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page. Join us on Patreon. Uh, 
We're working on getting more content when things <laughs> calm down. They're calming down. We do have a new graphic, and so your um, your support has helped pay for that. And like we said, our new studio, probably about three weeks from this point, will be ready. We'll have our first episode in there. So that's all from you guys' contributions. You help this podcast keep going. We are working to get you more content on Patreon. We know... Uh, we, we we've been out. bad okay we've been bad we know thank you for supporting those who are supporting because yes. like evan said your contribution really has made a difference yeah and it's allowed us to continue to do this because i don't know if we yeah I, like financially it's just we're not making a lot but it's covering the cost it's covering the cost you know we got like we say we have to pay for the website hosting we have to pay for the podcast hosting and then on top of that we're also trying to get better equipment to give you a better podcast and that doesn't even go into all the t- personal time we get in, we put into it, which is fine. We're happy to do that. We love doing the podcast. But you guys contributing through our Patreon is helping keep this podcast going. So if you want to keep it going even further, uh, go to Patreon slash Your Queer Story and you can donate. Yeah, and uh, um, if you're more interested in physical goods, we have a little bit of merch coming out. Yeah, if you if you check out our social media, you can see our new graphic. Yep, so we're putting that cute. on, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, t-shirts, phone cases, probably pop sockets. Who knows? We gotta look into whatever it. we want. It yeah. will be live within the next month, mm-hmm. uh, probably within a week or two. I don't want to give you an exact date because who knows what I'm gonna run into when I start working on the website some more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But definitely within the next couple weeks because you're gonna have it so that you can have some pride merch for the month of June because yep. June's coming, bitches. We're not just gonna have our graphic. We're gonna have. Mm-hmm couple cute other things so just check it out you know yeah it's gonna you need be to nice update stuff. your wardrobe for pride do you really want to gay it out on pride that's right yeah so go there we'll have some affordable merchandise for you you can get our face on your chest or you can just get a rainbow on your chest Whatever and if works. you really want something special just message us like if you want our face on your crotch we can do that too yeah we can we'll put our, we'll put our face wherever you want us to put our face so uh you know just reach out yeah just reach out <laughs> tell us what you want um, and as always, make sure that you check us out on social media at Facebook, Your Queer Story, Instagram, Your Queer Story, Twitter, Your Queer Story, Tumblr. If you, you don't make no, a comeback, if you don't no, use okay. Twitter, but you're on Tumblr, I have it set up so every time we tweet, it goes to Tumblr oh, as okay. well. So you're basically getting tweets on Tumblr, but if you're on there and not Twitter, it's a way to keep up with us. There you go. So check us out on social media. Um, Go back and listen to our other episodes. If you missed anything, we covered some good people in um, March, April. In April, we covered good people. We had Vima on as a guest mm-hmm. host. Vima I'm, was amazing. She was. I'm excited. We're going to be able to have a little bit more with guest hosts when we have our studio. So good things coming, guys. Thanks for those of you that have hung on with us. You, know, We're almost coming up on a year, too. I know. Can you believe that? I can't believe I that. honestly can't believe that. I know. <laughs> Let me tell you. I got this great idea one day, and then I'm like, hey, Evan, you want to do a podcast? Yep, and literally. Like, yeah, let's do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And here we are, almost a year later. Usually when we start projects, they last like two days. Yeah, if you, haven't, if you couldn't tell from... <laughs> following us if you've been hanging on for a year then you know how bad paul and i are at saying we're going to do something and not doing it but we've been hanging on with this yeah so and we love it so coming up on a year we'll celebrate uh we should do a live stream a live podcast from like facebook or twitter or instagram yeah. or something on our year it'll be a mini sode because i don't know that i'm i edit out a lot uh, <laughs> but i don't know that i can speak that well live but, you know, we'll do it. Yeah. A little something. Even something if it's just live. a Q&A. Let's do a Q&A. Yeah, Q&A would be better. Yeah. So, so but we'll we get, get something together. We're definitely mm-hmm. going to celebrate our year anniversary. So, 
don't worry about that. Um, and that's it. Anything else? No. We got, I mean, Evan just bought a house and got married. I just bought a house, got married, been working a lot on our house. And all um, of a sudden had three kids. Don't know where they came from. No, I didn't, happened. but, but, <laughs> on May 18th, our new puppy comes. We, get a, we got a little Beagle Lab mix. He's three months old. We got Stewie's him through a rescue. Him. Oh, yeah, he will. I know. We got him through a rescue. I am so excited to meet him. Um, it's really good. What's his name? His name is Cage, which that's not my name. I don't know if we're going to change his name, but that's the name they gave him. And it's actually kind of a cool name. Yeah. It's like, interesting. I would have never thought that name. I never, I don't know. I, th- it sounds vicious though. I don't know. <laughs> well, there was a, <laughs> this there was is a, Dewey and this is was, Cage. <laughs> that I know. It's a little different. <laughs> and we have Boris the cat. Um, but there's a, because there was a litter of them and all of them were called K's. And so he, I guess they were running out near the end. I don't know. <laughs> he got the leftover name. He got the leftover, like, ah, I don't know, Cage. How about that? <laughs> they looked over in the corner and they saw a cage and like, Cage! Um, but, yeah, no, but he's super cute. So I am going to be a father of three at that yeah. point. Oh, my God, you know, we need pet merch, too, with our, with our cute little... We do need <gasps> pet merch. Oh, that would be so cute. That would be so cute. If you want queer pet merch, let us know. Yes. If you're not willing to wear our face, is your dog willing to wear our face? Like I said, we'll put our face anywhere. And your cat won't. We know your cat won't. But we'll make something for the cat You know what's funny about cat clothing? We bought sweaters for Hera and Loki. Mm -hmm. And I put them on both of them. Loki immediately, like, ripped his off. And Hera was walking around with it like, oh, look at me. I'm so cute. And she loved it. And then Loki tackled at her and ripped her off of her. He was like, no, cats don't wear clothes. He literally, like, held her down, bit into it until she ran away and just ripped it off as she ran. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, okay, no more clothes for you two, apparently. There you go. He doesn't want to wear clothes. He has clothes. Yeah, like, man. That's ridiculous, Hera. You don't follow along with your humans' stupid shit that they make us do. He was pissed. Yeah. So, but still. Little bow ties and stuff. Oh god, I'm so excited. I'm so good things. But bow ties with our feet. Okay, we're getting okay. carried away here. We gotta focus on the. We gotta talk about <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. Yes, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. It's it's the ending. It's how the inflection on the ending. That's what's hard. Buttigieg. 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 Chaston said. Oh, Chaston. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Chaston said, "You say Buddha and Judge." Buddha and judge. you just say it fast. Buddha only been saying it for 10 months, so I don't know what he's talking about. You know what? You're mm. just bitter. I'm not bitter. I am, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, get to, we'll get to Chastin. <laughs> um, okay, so Pete Buttigieg, if you have been living under a rock, if you only get your information from us, which you should not do. Um, We're the smartest people out there. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, you know, so Pete Buttigieg is a 37-year-old mayor in South Bend, Indiana, which Paul and I both grew up about an hour away from South Bend. Yep. Did you ever go to South Bend? Yes, I did. Okay. That's yeah. where I almost died of alcohol poisoning for the first time in my life. Why? What were you doing there? Oh, was it? were you meeting a friend? <laughs> meeting someone special? Okay. No, I was with an ex. <laughs> okay. And we were at a friend's house. Uh, oh, I, I do like, remember this. I was this. like, okay, I'll try drinking, sure. And then they poured me... Or he poured me um, mm-hmm. a half and half red solo cup of vodka. Yeah. It was, it was whipped cream vodka and cranberry. Yeah, I could never have either of those. Things. Yes, I. But know. anyways, I chugged the red solo cup like a shot because that's what they did on TV. This is the first time I ever drank. I was twenty which, years which old. Which don't let him blame it on that. He still chugs everything that he yes, drinks. But, so, he but now nothing. I know how to do it. <laughs> okay. So I chugged the whole red solo uh-huh. cup. 
And I was like, okay, cool, give me another one. And they mm. gave me another one. I did the same thing. And then I got a third one, and I started sipping on it. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, everything went blurry. Like, literally, like, spots everywhere. Yeah. And I couldn't see. It was literally like a fog. And then I was like, oh, I gotta throw up. Now, this guy, his bathroom was upstairs. <laughs> and the stairs were carpeted. So, I can't walk. I'm literally crawling up these stairs on my arms and my knees. Like, like you're army crawling. Yes, yeah. army crawling upstairs. And then I <laughs> fucking projectile vomit like the, um, who's that girl? The the exorcism. The exorcist. <laughs> like, literally, my head was like, in a circle. And vomit just went all over his carpets, all over the walls, all over the ceiling, all the way up his stairs. Mm. And then I laid in the bathroom floor and passed out. Mm. I remember you telling me this, and you know what, it's your ex's fault, because he was dumb enough to give a young kid that much alcohol who had never drank before. Yeah, and he wasn't like, okay, don't do that. No. <laughs> he wasn't that good at anything. Whatever. He's your ex. That's for good. He's an ex for a reason. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so you've been to South Bend. I've been to South Bend. I have family that lives in South Bend, so... Um, so, you know, and then growing up, we, we would like, we would travel there. I mean, it's an hour away. Notre Dame's there. It's a nicer town than Gary. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean. is it, which is a low bar. <laughs> you can go one town over and it's a nicer <laughs> town than Gary. But still, there's a good, there's a big shopping mall there. Yeah, it like is I a said, nice place. There's Notre Dame football. So if you love everybody in Northwest Indiana, fucking loves Notre Dame football. They're Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. Uh, they're Catholics. So I never partook in that, but other people did. Um... But yeah, so it's a it's a good it's 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 a very interesting city. It's a very beautiful city. It's a very stuff diverse going on there. city. There's a lot going on, and it's very uh, different because, in the one hand, because you have this like rich white Catholic school, so you have these rich white Catholic families or rich white families, and then you but then you also have this other side of the city that's very poor. The people and, who know, fled from Gary, Indiana. Exactly, they fled from <laughs> Gary, Indiana, and they thought it would get better in South Bend, and it didn't. It's a very uh, split in its racial and like wealth gap. Mm -hmm. There's there's disparity. So, um, and it's it's had some issues in the past, but um, they've been working to change that. And and to his credit, Mayor Mayor Pete has done a good job of helping to revitalize the city and the economy. Yep, he took it off of what like. 10 cities that'll never recover or something mm -hmm. like that and he brought yeah. it into the top 25 up and coming or yeah. something like that yeah. I don't he, remember the exact numbers but it was something like he that did, he, did, he did a fantastic he, like, he's done a very good job as mayor um, you like you have to give him credit for that he's done a very good job of revitalizing them um, he was elected in his second term by 80% um, of the vote so uh, very popular mayor um and so we're going to talk about him. Now, Most of, we're going to talk a lot about the presidential candidates throughout the next two years. Um, we'll probably lump them together, but because Peter Buttigieg is um, an openly gay man, he needs his own episode. Yes, he directly affects our community. Yeah. So a couple of things that you might have heard about him. Um, he is a Harvard graduate. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He is a veteran. He actually took a seven-month unpaid leave of absence because he was in part of the national the naval national guard mm -hmm. and, and he he was deployed he's that's yeah that's pretty incredible that you're a mayor and then you go to deployment like, yeah he went on deployment in afghanistan um i mean yeah yeah like he did that um you think he just works all the time i, I don't know when he like well he talks and when you hear him talk about his like his coming out story because he didn't come out till he was 33 mm -hmm. Like, he talks about how he finally was like, oh, wow, I need a personal life, which most people 
I mean, I've been <laughs> already exploring lived it my personal It's usually life. the opposite. Usually at 33, you're like, wow, I need to fucking grow up and take my career serious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So- I think being closeted probably is the reason he had and never had a personal life. Mm-hmm. I think he oh, yeah. wanted to explore his thoughts, but he was like, well, if I'm just busy all the time, I can't think about that. Could That's be. That's a possibility. Yeah. It could be. I mean, he talks a lot about the negative emotions he had for himself. He says at least, it's definitely until he was like 25, 26, he had a lot of negative emotions towards himself for being gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said in his HRC speech um, to the Human Rights Campaign, he said that, you know, he's like, if I had a knife and you told me where the gay was and I could cut the gay out of me, I would have done it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, being, being uh, busy keeps your mind off of that. Yeah. And because he wasn't date, really dating, he definitely wasn't openly dating, um, you know, he could he could focus all his energy into his political and his, you know, college and then political career. So he's a very smart guy, speaks several languages. Seven. Seven languages. Yep. Um, he learned one of his languages just so he could read a book. Yep. Not, yep. That's one of the stories. That, yep. It's that's true. That's a lot. I can, I don't know that I want to read anything that much. You can be like, if you read this scroll, you'll live for the rest of your life. But you have to learn another language. I'd be like, well, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I'm sorry. His favorite book is Ulysses. If you're a bookworm, then you know it's a very famous book. Uh, it's a little dry. But um, it's definitely something that a smart person would choose as their favorite book. What to talk about? What, what does Ulysses talk about? Yeah. Uh, I have only ever read about three pages of Ulysses. What is it? A, is it's, it a biography? It's, no, it's it? not a biography. It's about... Uh, um, I don't let me look up. <laughs> you only made it three pages in. Wow, it's that. Dry. It's very well. It's also a very long book. So I had a um, professor in college that that was his favorite book was Ulysses. He read it once every in church ten years. College? Yes, in church college. I don't know if I trust it anymore. <laughs> hey God, it is um, is the it is the hero of the Homer's epic poem, the Odyssey. Oh, the novel. So it's, okay. Yeah, it's it's. So I, I knew it was a. I thought it was about like like Greek mythology, but I couldn't. I didn't want to say that, and then it wasn't it. So like about the American Revolution, completely yeah. opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, that also depends on what you like. Like I like the Odyssey, and I like, uh, but like the Iliad, which I have read, it, which is about a voyage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it like the Iliad, the Odyssey is a little more adventurous. You have the story of Jason, and then you have the Iliad, which is a little more dry. You know, some of those Greek mythologies. It just depends on how well you can follow along. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like, you know, the old writing styles either. So, but anyways, my point is, my whole point was that's something that a smart, very smart person would like is their favorite book. You know, my favorite book is Frankenstein. So, you know what my favorite book is? Is it Hunger Games? Yeah, you know why that's my favorite. <laughs> why? Book? Because that's the only book I've read since high school. <laughs> exactly, that's what I figured. <laughs> if I only have one to pick from, I well, think they you would three. like Frankenstein. No, I already know the story. No, you don't know the story. That's the whole thing about Frankenstein. You don't know the story. You think you know the story. It was a scientist who made a green man. No, that's Hollywood fucked up the story of Frankenstein so badly so royally why they took such a beautiful story and made it into the mess that they did i will never know i will never understand it was they destroyed it paul they destroyed it and now frankenstein's a fucking joke he's just this guy that waddles around and he's chasing people but he can never catch them that's not frankenstein how dare you how dare you hollywood where are we talking about <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> 
So um, yeah. So anyways, uh, <laughs> this episode's about Pete Buttigieg. Where's our where's Pete our point? Buttigieg. Okay. So so let's talk about. So here's the point, whole point. All right. So here. All right. We don't so, even have bullet points. We, <laughs> this is these are my bullet points. But before we do, first of all, so let's talk about our thoughts on Pete Buttigieg. Yes. So. So some of the controversial points about mm-hmm. him. All right. So first of all, uh, there's the big thing. A lot of articles out there. The Advocate has a good article um, on Pete Buttigieg about uh, the whole argument is: is he does his him being gay count as diversity? Because right. he's a white guy, didn't come out till he was 33. He's only 37. He's been out for four four years. Um, and not that you can come out whenever you want to, but that does play a part when you're talking about how someone's faced diversity or right. faced adversity as a, you, you know, can't have lived your life as an, a straight man, a straight white man, a perceived straight white right. man and build your entire career off of that. And then after you're on top of it all, come out and say, well, see, I'm a gay man and I made it this far. Right. Well, you can do that, but you, you, oh, can't... you absolutely can, but you can't do that and say it's the same as, as as a woman who's uh, or has a woman who's always been judged for the fact that she's a woman or as a uh, African American who's always been judged by the fact that they're African American, Asian American, Latino American, right. as a Muslim who's always lived in a uh, an oppressed religion. You can't say that you first of all being a, like I'm a I'm a transgender white man and right now I'm in the f- wonderful uh, period of where 50% of the time I pass and 50% of the time I don't. But in the 50% of the time that I do pass, where people think I'm just another guy, mm-hmm. and especially now I'm married, I have my wife, I just look like another straight white guy, right? Yep. And unless I tell people I'm transgender, they have no idea, and they don't. I have the ability to 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 gain to gain. Um, what am I looking for? Um, to gain to, the lack of judgment. To gain the lack of judgment. I feel like that's a really roundabout way. <laughs> I don't know how to but say I, it. I have a privilege of being, of not being judged. Like I have to out myself in order to bring on that judgment. If someone right. just looks at me as another nice straight white guy, I've got it, my wife and my cute little house and my three animals, and they're like, look at this guy. You know, I have the ability to, to, to walk under the umbrella of being a straight white guy if I want to. Right. I have the ability to do that. I have that privilege. Mm-hmm. And so that is a privilege. Now, and people will say, well, it's never a privilege to be in the closet. I get that. But there, but there are aspects that you can use to, to help you. There are right. aspects of it. I think there are aspects of it that are a privilege. Yeah. You know, because if you're black, you don't get to be in the closet about being black. Right, exactly. If, if you're a woman, you don't get to be in the closet about being a woman. If, if you can't physically hide who you are, mm-hmm. if you have the ability to... Passes as a white, straight man, you're going to benefit no matter what. Exactly. You Period. are. It's just how it is. And, and I understand why he doesn't want to come out. And I don't think that he should have to come out and sabotage his career and his hopes and dreams because he's gay. And I understand that during that time, he was going through a, a horrific inner, internal battle. We've been there. We've all yes, been there. He did what was best for him, and he gets absolutely no judgment from either of us. Exactly. That's not the point. The point is to say that, see, see, because he's gay, he knows what it feels like to be uh, you know, a black transgender woman. No, you fucking don't. Growing up on the streets. <laughs> Something, you know, anything. Yeah. Like- like I mean, he he went to a good school. He was a, he had the privilege to go off to one of the best colleges in the country. Which, if he was a uh, you know a person of color, might not have even been considered. Right. If he Absolutely. was already out, might not have been considered. Probably, but might not have. I mean, he was mm-hmm. right on the cusp there, where, where there was a lot of change when it came 
to LGBTQ rights, but we weren't quite there because he's right. an older millennial. Um, so, now on the opposite of that, mm-hmm. I wonder what, uh, how I would have felt growing up in Northwest Indiana if there had been a gay president. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like I wouldn't have had to struggle with myself. I mean, I didn't have a hardest time as most. I'm not going to even try to say that. I really didn't have that much struggle. It was more about my physical appearance that prevented me from coming out. But, like, just knowing that there was a gay president was absolutely normal. Like, look at this guy. He's running the the United States of America. He's openly gay. Like, that would have been such a benefit to me. Yeah. And I feel like, hopefully, it would be beneficial to other, you know, people. Well, yeah. I, I, I think it would be a benefit. I think it would be a benefit. But for me, it comes down to this. But when I think about what I, I what's important to me in a president, I my if I had to choose my top three things, first of all, I think it needs to be a president that is going to do something um, for the people of color in our country because there have been there's so many wrongs that we've brought upon these these people. Mm-hmm. It's making it almost impossible from for slavery them. to segregation to uh, the war on drugs, which they openly admitted mm-hmm. was yep. to target. People of color. Yep. Um, Open discrimination. Like everything, and it and it has it got better. I don't want to say it got better. It appeared to get better for a brief period of time. Yeah. And then you know Trump comes along, and here it all comes. And again. we're coming back again. So so like, but but when you just go about the history of the way that we've suppressed people of color, they're not even able to get on the same playing field as white Americans. Right. Because they don't, they don't of have all of the centuries of and all of the benefits oppression. like. Even though I come from, came from a poor family, like I don't, I wasn't necessarily poor. It was middle middleish class, right? Low, lower middle yeah, class. Yeah, I had a single mother. She had three kids. We didn't have all the money in the world, but we were comfortable. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, people of color, they they start with that, uh-huh. or worse sometimes, or better, you know. But like the people who started in the same ballpark as me, uh-huh. because I had the ability to appear as a, I mean, I am a white man, but then to at least. I didn't think I passed, but some people <laughs> thought I did. Um, I immediately had benefits. You immediately had I started the race ten miles ahead of them. Well, it's like that. There's there's that that graphic that has like everybody lines up at the the race the yeah. line, and then they're like, okay, um, if you come from if you're white, take two steps forward, okay, and if you came from uh, you know your both of your parents were in the picture, take two steps forward, and they yeah. show they're like, okay, now everybody races, you know, and it showed like all the white kids are like way ahead of all. You know the Latino kids and the black kids in the back. So, so, so first of all, I need a president that's going to care and going to speak for people of color and mm-hmm. do some real change. Like, what are we going to do about housing? What are we going to do about their education? What are we going to do about reparations? And then I need a president who's going to care about education as a whole because yes. if we don't fucking get our education together, we're in a shit ton of trouble. We're already behind. We're so behind. We're like what? Like number? I don't know. 29, 29 Something. Well, it bad. depends on what. Yeah, we're we're way low on the poll. And I mean, and just in general, you have to invest in your education, and then you can bring into that also the fucking school shootings that we're having and the protections for our kids, so they don't think they're gonna die when they go to school, right. you know. And then I would need a president, and then like if I do my third thing, I would need a president that's gonna care about the environment. So those are my three things, mm-hmm. okay. And the person who's gonna best be able to speak on those things is a person, is is a woman or a person of color or both, because it doesn't matter. How much, how good of a person you are, and how well intentioned you are, you cannot speak with the same understanding as a person who has lived it has. Yes, I I agree with that. You won't, 
you can get up there and say, okay, well, we're going to change this law, this law, and this law. But you don't know if that law is actually going to be beneficial because uh-huh. you haven't lived it. You don't know what they need. Exactly. And you haven't – you can't have the passion. You can't have the drive. You can't have the understanding, the need. Mm-hmm. It's not your community. So you're going to say, yeah, we're going to do this for them. And then you would be like, no, we did enough. Yeah. And more important, it's 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 it also important, not more important, is also it's like their voice is actually being heard by them. Yes, yes. Not yes. someone else speaking for you. For two hundred and thirty fucking years, white guys have stood up and st- talked for all of us. For two hundred and thirty years. And out of that two hundred and thirty years, once once we had a person of color speak for America. And America is so diverse and one time. And immediately What's the first thing? Where's his birth certificate? What, you know, yeah. immediately. Has, harassment. And then we get dipshit in the office because, heaven forbid, we have to hear from the so-called minority in America. The minority is the majority <laughs> now. But the, the everyone minority. else, women, Asian Americans, Latino Americans, uh, black Americans, everyone else is not being heard. Native Americans, we're not being heard because we don't have a minority member representing us. So that's my issue. It's not that Peter Buttigieg is a bad guy. It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I wouldn't be happy if he was president. It's that if you're asking me who is bet who if I, in the primaries who I think is best to represent minorities, I can't say him. I just can't do that in my conscience. You can, someone else can, but my conscience, I can't say that. No, if I had to look at and say, okay... Who is going to represent the minorities better? I probably wouldn't say him. Just, he had, he is a minority. I mean, the gay population is a minority. Yes. But he still has the benefit of being a white man and have growing up, and having grown up straight, perceived straight, Mm -hmm. and not been out. So he just, he did get those benefits. He doesn't have the same understanding and you can see that in his writings you can see that in the things he's done in the past where like he doesn't ever talk about people who are impoverished he doesn't talk about when he's writing his you know his book um uh the shortest way home Mm -hmm. um you know he he doesn't talk about when he doesn't talk about all like the racial disparities and and um and like i said in in the and we don't think he intentionally didn't do it and that's the point yes he just didn't never experienced he didn't have the understanding he doesn't think he didn't think about it and of course you wouldn't think about it because you didn't grow up in it that doesn't make you a bad person that doesn't mean that you couldn't help people you just didn't think about it because you grew up privileged and that was part of the way when I got into a very brief Twitter tiff with Chastin Buttigieg can you believe this I'm like (laughs) let's cover Pete Buttigieg they're definitely gonna Hopefully, maybe give us a comment or a retweet or something. What does Evan do? Goes and argues with the husband. I didn't argue with him. I just mentioned that his husband was privileged, and I hope that he recognized that in his campaign. And I did it in a very respectful way. I wasn't going to trash, try to trash Peter Buttigieg, but I just got a very quick, like, very gay clap back of, we're better than that. Okay. Um, the we're better than that is uh, we're not going to talk about this issue, but you're going to fucking talk about the issue because everybody keeps bringing it up and good luck on the debate trail not talking about the issue. But if he doesn't want to talk to some guy on Twitter about the issue, I get it. I, I, I get that. I'm sure they'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, they're going to have to. It's going to come up again and again and again. There's no way they don't cut it back. But I was, I was a little disappointed that it was like, just recognize it. But I mean, also... You have to say, you know, that that was the husband that responded enough. Oh, yeah. And so maybe, who knows, maybe Chaston was drinking. Not that that's an no, excuse. No, I, I don't think he, he wasn't, like, being rude. He was just like, You're, we're better than that. You know, that, that was just like a, I think he just doesn't want to 
talk about it and he doesn't have to that's his husband's point to defend and he'll have to defend it because like i said this i'm we're not voicing anything new there's a thousand articles out there right now that are talking about this exact issue of whether pete Buttigieg is is um diverse enough and the uh, reality is is like you know he's like at the very top of what it be- means like you're you're just over the like diverse line mm-hmm. like you count as diverse but you know if you took away the gay you're just you're another Beto O'Rourke you're another Bernie Sanders you're another Joe Biden yeah. well better than Joe Biden but still <laughs> but anyway so let's talk real quick about some of his issues though so because you maybe you still you are a Buttigieg fan and that's fine we're not trying to dissuade no, you we're just I gonna... am pro Buttigieg but uh-huh. I want to see where the debates go yeah I feel very highly I feel equally about him as I do other candidates okay but I just want to see what the debates have to say I want his answer to that question I yeah. want answers to, about health care about education so I'm equal amongst like three or four people but I want to see what they have to say yeah well the debates are a big thing for me um I would say right now he'd be like fourth on my list uh from the primary people from the I give primaries. everybody equal until the debate I've already, I already have people, but but the debates <laughs> could change your, it. Your... But okay, to be fair, like people, like I'll just say, like Elizabeth Warren's at the top of my list. I've been following Elizabeth Warren for I really years like Elizabeth Warren years. too. I think she's great the way she speaks, but David doesn't like her, so we don't talk about her in this household. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I I love I've been following Elizabeth Warren long before she ever decided to run for president. I've read mm-hmm. her books. I love her. I think she gets up every single day and she fights for middle class Americans. And um, all the policies that everybody else is taking are policies that they're copying from Elizabeth Warren. They're just not as well thought out. So she might be more divisive, but also why is she divisive? Because the right has had. 10 years to make her divisive. They've yep. ridiculed her. They've scapegoated her. They've run her into the mud because she has stood up to them. She's stood up to the billionaires. She stood up to corporations and she's taken all their shit. And she keeps getting real. She's, she's not been, going anywhere. She's been maligned again and again. So yeah, she has a bad reputation because the we've just let the right just fucking tear her up and down and hang her out to dry. And she's the one that's getting up fighting every day. So... Yeah. That's who I. That's what I fucking admire. Mm-hmm. Somebody who gets up and fights every day and isn't just trying to walk the line. Like she doesn't give a fuck. I don't. I think yes, she wants to be president, but she doesn't care enough to be president to back down on what she believes. No, she's gonna keep fighting for what she says. Exactly. She's gonna be like, this is if you're gonna vote me in, this is what you're getting. Exactly. She's gonna get. A, yeah. Exactly. She's not gonna try to appeal to anybody. She has already decided what she's believing. She's gonna tell you what she you, she believes. And if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's on Elizabeth Warren, and that's what I like. And you know what? If you're a Trump fan, you should like that too because that's what you like in Trump, right? You like the person that's like, this is what I believe, except for he doesn't know what the fuck he believes. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we are going to talk about <laughs> Pete Buttigieg because yes. that's what this episode's about. Uh, here's some information. Take what you hear. Apply it to your research. Use it for questions for yourself. Yes. And educate yourself because he is a very viable candidate. Yes. And he is going to be great he's just so new to most of us that we don't have the same fire behind him that we could have for say elizabeth warren who's been around and that's fine and that's fine yeah definitely do your research it's going to come up um and you should know who you're voting for and and again i do want to just say that if he is elected president i will be happy yes i think he's a great guy and i think he can do a great job I just want to hear what he has to say about some Exactly. Issues. And that's the kind of the problem though, because he doesn't say a lot. He says a lot of nice things, but when you really peel it apart, what is he saying? That's my opinion. So this uh article we're we're taking nine points about 
nine issues that Peter Buttigieg has uh, is running on. This is from L.com. E-L-L-E.com. E-L-L-E.com. It was written by Madison Feller. So uh, you can check out this article yourself. We're just pulling from here and adding our own little commentary. So where does he stand on health care? Because he's running for the 2020 race, Buttigieg has been asked again and again how he feels about Medicare for All. His response was, on Fox News, he explained he wants to put Medicare on the exchange as a public option. He's called it Medicare for, for All Who Want It. This would not involve eliminating private insurance, but he has said the idea is that it would evolve into a single-payer environment with most people choosing Medicare because it's the best option available. Buttigieg also told Esquire.com that he thinks any politician who lets the phrase Medica- Medicare for All escape their lips also has to have some account of how you get from point A to point B. Which I feel like you get from point A for, to point B by just like giving people Medicare for All. Like you just... Yeah, we're but he, I don't know. I feel like he's talking, he's talking about, about paying. Yeah, how are yeah. we going to pay for this? How are we going to implement it? Yeah. How are we going to make sure that when this goes live, hospitals and doctors aren't all of a sudden fucking swamped because the people who haven't gone to the doctor in 12 years are like, oh, I can go to the doctor for free? Yeah, that's you know? true. It, it, that could be it. Or it could be towing a line of what we'll do, like, no, I'm not going to get rid of private insurance because that's what the right wants to hear. Yeah. We're just going to make it really attractive. Now, it could work, mm-hmm. or that could be uh But do you do that? Like, I don't know. I don't that, know. It's an option. He put it on the table. He, that's what he stands. So, so it's, he's not... So he's once... So again, his thing is he's going to make Medicare... Now so Now I have a question for you, Pete. What is... How do you get from point A to point B? What's the map? You're talking about the map. What's the map? It's, that, I want to know. That's going to be your question all throughout, because he, that's, that's basically all this stuff. It's being like, here's what we should do. And then you're like, all right, what do we do? And he's like, that said that, like I said, that's what we should do. No plan. <laughs> but he could he did, get a plan. You know what, though? He turned South Bend around. He did. Know. He did. I mean, he did. So that's this, the thing. He could Maybe do he, it. Yeah. I don't know. We have to see. It's not to say he couldn't do it. It's just that when you're used to people, someone who is like constantly like, here's my four-point bullet plan with 57 sub-points of how we're going to get there. You know there. what? Not everybody's that organized. I'm not that organized. No, they're not. But if you're going to be president of the fucking United <laughs> States, you should be. We're just so used to Trump now. No, but he's not bad. No, but that is his plan. So, again, where does he stand on health care? He's for making Medicare attractive so that people will want Medicare, but he's not saying that he is going to no. make Medicare for all. When he says make it attractive, how do you make it attractive? Do you still more, have to pay more it? For, well, you will have to pay it. It won't be free. That would be Medicare for all. Uh, so, he, I guess he'll make it... Um, They'll make the the deductibles less and the premiums less, mm-hmm. so it'll be more affordable, basically, and you'll get better options. You know, so maybe more providers. Are we gonna give certain doctors and are we gonna give doctors incentives for taking Medicare for all patients? Because then that's just gonna make a big mess for everybody. I don't know, Paul. That's just all he said was that we should make it Medicare. What is his exact words? Um, were Medicare for all who want it. So, I don't know. So maybe I I don't know. Maybe he will make it free, and then but he'll still allow private insurance. Maybe you have to pay more income taxes or something if you take it. Maybe who knows? Anyways. Who knows? That's the thing. All right. So all right. The economy. In a recent interview with Stephen Colbert, Buttigieg said he believes if nothing changes economically, we'll be the first generation to make less than our parents. It's true. That's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Um, he told Esquire that he believes in addressing or reversing harm and inequities. 
through policy explaining that in housing and criminal justice, to some extent, in basic economic policies around wages and taxation, that some policy improvements that are also the right thing to do will have a disproportionate benefit to people of color. I felt like what that does a, that even say? Nobody. <laughs> so I'll read that again. His exact words. In housing and criminal justice, to some extent, in basic economic policies around wages and taxation, that some policy improvements that are also the right thing to do will have a disproportionate benefit to the people of color. So is he saying that would be a bad thing? Well, that's that's my point. <laughs> Because you're when you really break it down, some policy improvements that are the right thing to do will also have a disproportionate benefit to people. Okay, what's the problem with that? Because of... <laughs> I think he's saying it's the right thing to do to help. Pe- yeah, I don't know, but he's he's it's this walking the line thing where you're like, um, okay, yes, we should help people of color, but if we do that, it might give them a different be- different benefit. Like if we give them free college, your kid doesn't get free college, and they do, so they have a disproportionate benefit. But it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So that's. I don't know. So that's what he says about the economy. Um, and I have a couple questions. <laughs> no, I really okay. I really do like Pete Buttigieg, and I feel like the way we're talking about this seems like we're like making fun of him or something, and we're not. No, we're not. We are just trying to. We just want to give a fair analysis. We're not going to just be like, "Oh, he's a gay candidate. Everybody vote for him." He's still a fucking candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to vote for someone because they're qualified for the job and because they're going to represent you well. And he's he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. Listen, watch his videos. You'll really you, like him. You'll be inspired. You will, you will. You will watch his videos and be like, I'm going to go vote for him right now. He's he's a he's a great speaker. He, and and that's think, why he's going to do strong in the debate. And I think overall, I feel like our relationship with other countries would improve. Oh, yeah. He would be a great representative. He spent France when uh, Notre Dame burned. He sent Mm -hmm. them a message in French. Yeah. In fluent French. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I can't imagine Donald Trump said anything like that. (laughs) I don't can't imagine (laughs) Donald Trump can say one fucking word in French. No. Um, But... He, it's not that he's he's a good representative, but you still have to look at these things and be. You can't get so caught up in how good someone talks that you're not hearing what they're saying. Because if if you're so caught up in how good they talk and you don't want a centrist president, then you better think about it. If you want someone who's very progressive, this probably isn't your guy. But if you think that a centrist president is more what the country needs, then he might be your guy. Right. But I don't know that I would you call have him, to a him a progressive. No. Uh, see, here's my thing. I don't know. The thing that I'm struggling to understand with him is I don't know if he's playing centrist but is actually progressive or if he's actually centrist. But Because what, the way he speaks, I get so in my head. But that's the, that's the thing that, like, I want someone who's just going to tell me what they're thinking. I don't want to have to dissect and figure out what it is that you're saying. And if he got in the presidency, would he be bad for us? Absolutely not. No. I think he would make a great president. He would make a good president. But would he give us the change that we want? That's, that's what I. That's what I don't see. You know what change I want? What? I want change like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Exactly. And you know who is going to give you that change? Fucking. <laughs> you know who. Yes. You know who. I'm not going to keep saying her name because this isn't about her. <laughs> but I'm just saying that he's not, he's not an AOC. Right. Um, as far as immigration, in 2017, the mayor told WSBT that he supports the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program and a path to citizenship. More recently, in January, he told CBS he thinks sending troops to the U.S.-Mexico border is a waste of time for troops, and he's also repeatedly told an inter- 
views that as a religious man, he believes religion teaches people to take care of others, including immigrants. He has said that. Um, he hasn't really like backed it. Well, I mean, I guess he does. He did back the deferred action for childhood arrivals. But he has, yeah, he has been pretty strong in like you know talking about immigrants and and, and refugees and mm-hmm. supporting them and you know welcoming welcoming them into our country. So. Yeah, which is very good because. The way things are going right now, it's not gonna... We're doing the same thing. Uh, I watched this great documentary on Netflix called 13th, um, and it was basically about how the prison population just, like, skyrocketed Mm -hmm. and how it's disproportionately affected people of color. Oh, yeah. Um, It's like two-thirds of people in prison are people of color. The United States houses 25% of the world's prison population and just our country. We have more people in prison than anywhere else. And you know why? Because it's privatized? It's privatized. Because corporations are making money off of prisoners? And it was a way to keep people of color enslaved oh, yeah. after we got rid of um, slavery. Slavery, yeah. And segregation. Keep them enslaved and keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but in that, it showed the way that people of color were being treated. Mm-hmm. And it's like the exact thing that is happening to um, Mexicans right now. Yeah. It's literally the exact same thing. So how they pushed for the prison report or prison? It's like it's different in the way it's being done, but it's the same scenario. What? But what do you you mean? Like whenever prison? Like they're rapists, they're murderers, they're this, they're that. Oh, how they were keeping people, like letting us keep people in prison and, and in prison yeah. people. You should be the scared rhetoric, of them. The rhetoric around yes. prisoners and, and con- yes. convicts. Or what's the, you what, should be that's scared not... of them. They're yeah. murderers. They're rapists. They're gonna kill you. They're gonna rape your children. Like the whole the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. But yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all about this hateful rhetoric. All right, so... Um, has he spoken about the prison population or he is, marijuana? He's or talking like... about criminal justice re- reform. Um, I don't know if he's talking about marijuana. I think he might have. Uh, we can look it up. But um, he, has talking about, he has talked about criminal justice reform, and he has talked about how it disproportionately affects people of color. He's mentioned it, but... As far as what his policies are, like he's just said, we need to have policies in place. That's a lot. We need to have policies in place. We need to have policies in place. What the policies are, I don't know. But mm-hmm. he says we need to have policies. Uh, this one, I will, he's, he's good on this. He's been very clear on this issue. How women are treated in the U.S. Buttigieg is openly pro-choice and told MSNBC that when it comes to a late-term abortion, he thinks when a woman is in that situation, extremely difficult, painful, often medically serious situations where life or health of the mother is at stake, involvement of a male government official like me is not helpful. So I think he gets that. Yes, that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't want. I, I mean, again, I think, it's not, it's not I a think policy, only women should be making that decision. Yeah. I agree. Like, there should just be, like, one panel of women, and they get to make all the decisions that have to do with women's reproductive Absolutely. organs and It has nothing to do with it. men. Get the fuck. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you're pushing for that. You can't just say, I- I'm a man. I'm not going to get involved. You need That's to true. be pushing to say, no, women need to be making this decision. Get the fuck out of here. That's Get true. out of the room and let, let the women make the decisions about their bodies. Exactly. you gotta, you got to stand up you and you got to be Yeah. You can't just say, uh, hands free. True. That's true. So, 
Uh, his gun policy? After the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School, Buttigieg joined Mayors Against Illegal Guns, which supports comprehensive background checks and opposes guns in schools and per- permitless carrying. He also said 90% of Americans and 80% of Republicans can believe in universal background checks, and it doesn't happen. That means something in Washington is broken. Which it must have been hard to join that when Gary is right north of you and everybody has a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and back in 2017, he tweeted, I did not carry an assault weapon around a foreign country so I could come home and see them used to massacre my countrymen. And later clarified, if this came out wrong, forgive me, just expressing one war vet's hurt at seeing weapons of war used on peaceful Americans here at home. Um, and then he tweeted, it's one thing to own a gun, it's another to worship it like a false god, believing it will make you a bigger man. And I remember a lot of people when he made that initial tweet about mm. carrying a gun around, they really, yeah. they really took it poorly because, I mean, nobody wants to think of another country's people being murdered. Like yeah. that's not, it's not a cute look. Oh yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, because it's like he came out. He he was trying to make the point of like. Guns kill people. I don't want to yeah, see guns them home. kill people, but it, instead it made people think about yeah, you were walking around killing other people's. Uh, kids, which he wasn't, but I'm just saying it makes right. That's it gives what that war appearance, is. That vibe. That's what war is. But he has come out very strongly, and you know, you've got to think about a, a mayor in the Midwest coming out strongly against guns. Let me tell like, you, if you're not from oof. somewhere where guns <coughs> are prevalent, like relevant, Pre- prevalent, prevalent, yeah. like so, if you're on the East Coast or somewhere in a city that's not Chicago. Um, yeah. Like in the Midwest, guns are God. Everybody talks about guns. Everybody has guns. It's guns, guns, guns. You just do. There's gun shows and you just go and there's just like rows and rows of guns and like you go to Walmart, you can buy a gun. Like yep. there's a Family Guy episode where like Brian goes to buy a thing of alcohol and then they're like, here's your alcohol and here's your free gun. And he's like, free gun? Like, yeah, every bottle of alcohol, we give you a free gun. That's pretty much like what India <laughs> That's like. basically the Midwest. And so, and the South. So to stand up, to join Mayors Against Guns, and then and to say, to speak out openly against it, that that is something. I give that. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> taxes. When asked about taxes on CBS, Buttigieg referred to a divisive idea from Representative Alexandria Osario Cortez. Ocasio. Ocasio. I always say Osario. I don't know why. It's your white privilege. It's my white privilege. It's my white privilege and my white mouth. (laughs) Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has suggested that we have a 70% marginal tax rate. He said, we can quibble over marginal tax rate levels, but we know that a lot of people in this country are not paying their fair share. We know about Warren Buffett paying less percent of taxes than his secretary, and I think we know that's wrong. There's this talk about this being some crazy left-wing position, but I think the idea that some people aren't paying their fair share and we've got to change that, that's something most Americans get. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it's true. It's good, but it's again, it's this middle line of... Well, yeah, I think most Americans are pissed about the fact that, that people aren't paying their fair Netflix, share. Netflix, I think, paid zero tax, zero yeah. dollars in taxes. That pisses people off. But the problem is the way that it's presented because then if you come in and you're like, all right, well, we're going to tax... The wealthy that because they they pitch it this way to where someone who's making a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is not hard to do anymore, it used to be you made six figures, oh my god, but a, a fam- at least households making a hundred thousand dollars a year is not hard anymore. So when you pitch it that these people, I don't know what privilege you're coming from, Evan, but I 
I'm saying they're only making a hundred thousand. I'm saying households <laughs> when you have two families working, and and you if you have two, I shouldn't say hard. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna say. It's it's. I'm just saying you can you can have if you have a two income household and you have a college education, which I realize a lot of Americans don't have. Mm-hmm. But if you have a college education and a two income household, you're probably making between eighty five to hundred thousand dollars a year. At least by the time you're in if your thirties you or forties. If you have a decent job. Yeah. If you have a good job, you're making more than that. I mean, a lot of families are making sixty thousand a year. So if you're talking about taxing these families, that's your middle class Americans. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about taxing these families, Heavier. That's where it gets flipped on. People. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Exactly, but I'm not. I'm not saying that we don't need to. Tax. Oh no, but here's how it works. So if you make between zero and thirty thousand, you're in one tax bracket. Thirty thousand and sixty thousand, you're another. Mm-hmm. Then you do like sixty to whatever. So really, only if you're making over like five hundred thousand dollars should you be taxed anymore, and you're only taxed on that money after the five. Exactly, 000. but that's what I'm saying. Republicans flip it to where like, well, they're going to come after you, middle class Americans, because you're making. Eighty-five to one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. which you're living comfortably. Yes, but you're not living wealth. You're not living by any extraordinary means. So the people at the very top, like the CEOs of Netflix and Amazon, the and people all that, who go up the street in their private jet, exactly. Those people still aren't being taxed. That's how the Republicans flip it. They're mm-hmm. like, "We're you want to?" The Democrats want to tax you, you wealthy, you so-called wealthy middle Amer- middle right. class Americans, but they're not wealthy. Right? They're just like you know, like I said, they're living comfortably, um, and and so it gets flipped. So then that's why middle class Americans don't vote for their own fucking for these uh, these corporate CEOs to mm-hmm. be taxed. Yeah. So my 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 whole point with that was again like. He's saying stuff that's right that everybody will agree with. You're going to get 90% of Americans that are like, you're right. The wealthy should pay their fair share. Even far right people are going to say, yeah, the wealthy should pay their fair share. But what is your plan? Because that's where it's going to change. Yeah. Because if if your plan, like, look at fucking Donald Trump, how all the tax breaks he gave gave to the the ultra wealthy. Mm -hmm. And he ran and he's got some of the poorest people in America that are fucking hardcore sucking his dick for that. I don't get it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. The average American saw a 1.1% decrease in their tax return this year, by the way, Mm -hmm. thanks to Trump's new tax plans. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like you said, the big C, the big corporations didn't pay a fucking yeah, penny. Yeah, Netflix paid zero. There was a few other I don't remember. I just remember Netflix stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, so on foreign affairs, as someone who has served as a naval reserve reservist 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 in Afghanistan, Buttigieg told Esquire.com that he left the Middle East with more questions than answers. He said, "No one can explain how you can have a democracy and a Jewish state at the same time unless there's a two-state solution." And believes anything we do abroad should be grounded in American interests, vetted against American values, and consulted on with American allies whenever possible. Oh, sorry. I don't know what that is. Which, that bothers me a little bit. I understand we want to do everything with American ed- in-, in interest because that's our... that's We're Americans. But, let other countries do other country things. Make sure they're not going to kill us, but like, I don't know, we, they don't have to do everything how we do. We're yeah. separate people. Well, I mean, he does say later yeah. on. So Buttigieg also told MSNBC that he believes we need to apply 
diplomatic pressure as well as sanctions to North Korea to get them to halt their nuclear and missile program, and he told CBS that in terms of Syria and Afghanistan, endless war cannot continue and that a president should not be conducting foreign policy through Twitter. No fucking shit. No way, no. You know one day he did 52 tweets, Trump? Not In much. one day. Jesus. I can't do... It'll take me a year to do 52 tweets. <laughs> Maybe like three months, but still. But still, yeah. <laughs> He continued, We don't send troops somewhere because we don't like the regime. We send troops somewhere because it's the last resort to protect American lives. That's got to be the threshold. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. As long as we're not being threatened and it's not destroying us in some way, let them do... like. Yeah, that's what bothers me. When we're involved in everybody, we're out there policing shit, the world. Yeah, we're throwing regimes over. We're overtaking mm-hmm. this country. We're instilling our law and our beliefs. Yeah. Like, stop. Oh yeah, we're doing. We're saying it because we're trying to establish democracy. But really, we're just trying to steal all their fucking goods. Yeah. you know, steal Make their oil, steal their natural resources. You know, and exert our our power. Like it's it's all about us. Mm-hmm. So no, I that's good. And and I have incredible respect for the fact that he served. Like I really do. I have a lot of respect for anyone who serves in the military. Um, I just, you know, I, I and and he he bears it well. Like I have respect for a person who serves in the military. I don't think that makes them above the law, but I have respect for the fact that they went and they mm-hmm. served. And um, so. And I, I, I hope that appeals to veterans. You know, oh, yeah. He actually veteran. did it. He didn't hide away and say, oh, my God, yeah. I have bone spurs. He exactly. went and fucking did it. Like, how you can, like, so be claim to be such a patriotic American and avidly support a man who dodged the draft and, and then turn on a man who's a veteran. Right. There's I, nothing. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. What? I was going to say I would dodge the draft, but I don't want the government to do that. are coming after you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I don't get, I don't get that thinking. I mean, the man is such a fucking putz. Not, not, not uh, Buttigieg. Not Buttigieg. Trump is a fucking putz. Yes. Um, all right. Income and wealth distribution. Buttigieg supports increasing the minimum wage and retraining programs for workers as we move further into automation. So AI is going to be a big topic in this uh, debate, mm-hmm. which is uh, someone who's talking a lot about that. Someone you might actually like is Andrew Yang. Do you know anything about him? Mm-hmm. You should check him out. You would like his freedom dividend. I don't know how I feel about it, but he believes his big thing that if you look him up, the first thing you're going to see is freedom dividend. He believes that every American should receive $1,000 a month. And it like gives them the freedom to like you know if you're poor poorer it gives you the freedom to kind of pull yourself up. Um, I feel like it could be abused easily, not by the people receiving thousand dollars, but by like you know like medical industries. Like oh you have thousand dollars, we're gonna automatically take that, or we're gonna increase our medical prices. Like it doesn't that's the fix thi- the problem. That's in our the country. thing that always scares me with stuff like that. Is I'm like okay, well is everything just gonna go up in price because everybody knows that everybody yeah, gets a thousand? Yeah, everyone gets a thousand. Yeah, it doesn't fix all the rampant abuse in our capitalist right. So they would have right to make now. a law like. Where you can't price gouge based on that. Yeah. They did it before. I don't remember. There was a period of time where. They... Oh, well, there's yeah during um, hurricanes and like, yeah, yeah, relief, yeah. like there are you can't price gouge people. Right. But still, like I just don't know that a thousand dollars is great. And I get I understand the sentiment behind it, but I just doesn't. I don't see how it fixes all our other problems. It would it would help a lot, but we just the problem is the way that capital the capital the top the people at the top of the chain are ruining everything for mm-hmm. everyone else small, small businesses doing great things i'm talking about walmart and big yeah. pharma yeah who would use that to their advantage oh yeah yeah i, I there i just feel like it's just so easy to to 
abused, and I don't know what his policies are around keeping it from being mm-hmm. abused. But uh, his other policies are really good. But that's his main thing. But he talks a lot about AI mm-hmm. and how we're going to shift because he's he's really he's very thorough. And I wish that Buttigieg would talk more about that, about how like we're in like the third inning right now where re- like brick and mortar retail is fading out. He's like, but then it's going to move on from there. And if we, don't, gonna get, move on from if we don't start putting restrictions on AI, nobody's going to have a job anymore. And these corporations are going to continue to take advantage of us. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Yang, check him out too. If you're checking out uh, presidential candidates, he's Asian-American. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, you might like him. But Buttigieg uh, told the podcast Pod Save America, not that we want to plug another podcast, that he mm-hmm. thinks that it's worth taking universal basic income seriously, saying it's the right moment to have the conversation. So that's similar to the Freedom Dividend, okay. which is a universal yeah. basic income. It's good that he's bringing it to the table. Yeah. At least you're not saying on. You know, bring it to the table, talk it out. Let's see what. It- yeah. And I will give him that. Like, he seems very open to talking about anything. And I don't think he's just saying that. I think he genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, is open and well, a man to who grow. learns seven languages is going to be open to yeah. learning and taking other ideas. Yeah, there's just no. I don't think it's possible to know seven languages or have, to have <laughs> sought out to learn that many. Yeah. and be like, no, we're just going to do it this way. Yeah, like, no, he's very much not a closed-minded person. He is open to growth, and it's okay to grow. It's okay to not know where you stood on a policy and to grow and evolve on the policy. I just wish if you're running for president, you would have been a little more transparent. There. Maybe a little, yeah, more transparent and maybe just a little more prepared. I mean, you're running for president. It's a big deal, but it's okay. Chastin, write his policies for him, people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So on the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation, since Buttigieg is a mayor and therefore not in the Senate, he was not able to publicly vote on whether he wanted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. While he doesn't seem to have spoken about the nomination too much, uh, Buttigieg ca- has called for a Supreme Court reform. He told Fox News that we need to de- depoliticize the Supreme Court. Depoliticize. We need to depoliticize the Supreme Court, with one option being expanding the Supreme Court to 15 justices, with 10 appointed in the political fashion, and 5 appointed by unanimous, unanimous agreement of the other 10 justices. Oh. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard that. That was very thorough, thought out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, because that immediately gives. Yeah, I like that. Wow, are you gonna get ten people to agree on someone unanimous? Yeah, well, you have to. You'd have to. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Fifteen people, it's more. Yeah, and it gives you because what is it right now? Nine or something like that. It's, uh, yeah, nine people, and then it's just like like it's just too little. Yeah, because you win by such a narrow margin. There needs to be mm-hmm. more people in there. You and know, it extends okay. your life of it, the court. Yeah, and it made sense back when the United States had like nobody living there. <laughs> but we we are a big country now. Yeah, we are a big country. We represent a lot of people. So we need a more, and we need more diversity in there too. Exactly. Well, you couldn't even have a, a fully diverse, you know, uh, court with nine people. You couldn't fully represent everyone if you could do that with a right. court. Which I think that's how it should be. It should be one person from every group. But whatever. That yeah, so, you but, should have to have okay. This yeah, I believe I, yeah. there should. Each sheet should have to be filled by someone representing another 
group of people. Exactly. But at least with 15 people, if someone dies, you're not suddenly fucked. Right. Like right now, we're hanging on by a thread with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If she dies, we're fucked. We are so fucking fucked. Yeah. So, like, at least with 15 people, it would it should expand the life of your court, which mm-hmm. just means that it's not going to be in a complete upheaval every time a court right. um, justice, which we have had a lot of justices in the past. Of course, our shit luck with Trump, we've had a lot of justices have, you know, passed, but... Still. All right. Uh, and one more thing. Um, a few more things. Buttigieg has made it clear that he believes climate change deserves crisis level attention. He's been very clear about the climate change. Mm-hmm. So kudos to him for that. He's spoken about the need for a federal equality act. Um, so that's just uh, protecting our rights, protecting the rights of people of color. You can't discriminate against a person based on their gender, their sexual orientation, their identity. Um, and he would make it so people cannot be discriminated against on base. That's literally what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> and during the interview, which I, sh- I, didn't, I looked up him too, and I didn't see that interview. During his interview on Pod Save America, he also spoke about voting reform, including creating automatic voter registration, which absolutely, giving people the day off on election day, absolutely, yeah. and allowing Puerto Rico to have a voice in the electoral process for presidency. 100%. Fuck Again. yeah. And the only thing that would make that better is if he was just like, fuck the Electoral College. But at least, yes, give Puerto Rico a voice. Jesus. We, we literally affect them with everything we do, but they get no say. Huh, exactly. Exactly. It's it's so messed up. It's so fucking messed up what we do to Puerto Rico. To just, it just treat them like a colony. Half Americans don't even know they, that they're a part of the United States. And we don't even count them as part of the United States. Well, we were like, this episode's going to be like 40 <laughs> minutes long, tops. All right, so those are our opinions. Those are the things we've learned. Yep. On all presidential candidates, please do your own research. If we got anything wrong, Not on all know. presidential. That's not everything on presidential candidates. That's just that's just Peter Buttigieg. Yeah, that's why I said do it on your own. Oh, okay. Research, all, as with all yes. other presidential candidates, research. If we got something wrong, let us know. Please do. Um, and, and That's yeah. where we're standing right now. Yeah. Um, we're still open. We're waiting for the debates. We've both oh, got our... We can't uh, wait for the debates. What are, what are they called? Fantasy football? We got our fantasy yeah, presidential candidate. Yeah, we got wrapped our league. Oh, my God. We're so. going to be live tweeting through the debates. Don't worry. That's our favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will have... We'll come back with more episodes on other people. But like I said, we'll probably group them. We'll probably do like three people at a time because... You'll also get tidbits of information. We'll be talking about another topic completely. Yep. You're going to hear more about these You know how we get. We can't help ourselves. We (laughs) love politics. But we're not a political um, podcast, so we're going to try to keep it to, like, queer issues. And we'll maybe we'll go off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But we're going to – don't worry. We'll be back next week. What are we covering next week? You sent me a list. I don't remember. Wow. We're so prepared. There's Um, a good list. There is a good list. Um uh, June's gonna be real good, guys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cover Stonewall. It's the 50th anniversary. I've already read one book, and I got another one. So I've been doing my research. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be back with more queer content for you next week. Thanks for hanging in with this longer than usual <laughs> episode. We didn't record for like three or four weeks. So we yeah, we had a lot, lot to, to say. We had a lot to say. Uh, but we love you, queer shits. Check out yourqueerstory.com slash shop in a couple weeks. Yep. Check it out soon. Check get out our graphic merch. so you can see what it's going to look like if you want to get our graphic on a shirt. Uh, you can see that on our social media. And uh, stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. You succulent sapphires. We love you, our little sodomites. And our allied hookers. Goodbye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.